Is this book the Word of God? This, as you know, is the sacred holy book of the Islamic faith of the Muslim people. And we wish to examine the Quran uh, very briefly, but in just enough detail, taking just a careful enough look to decide for ourselves as honest men and women before God whether or not the Quran is the Word of God. Now, the Lord Jesus Christ said that by a man's words he would be justified, and by a man's words he would be condemned. And so it's absolutely essential, absolutely essential, that we take very careful heed to the words that we listen to, to the words that we believe, to the words that we live by, because this determines our eternal destiny. Now, we are indebted for most of the material that we're going to present on the broadcast today and next time in this study. We are greatly indebted to Sir Lionel Lacou, L-U-C-K-H-O-O. He is the only person ever to be an ambassador for two sovereign nations. He served the nation of Guyana in South America and the nation of Barbados. He was a judge of the Supreme Court in Guyana, and four times he was honored by Queen Elizabeth II. He spent 14 years recognized by the Guinness Book of World's Records for an amazing reason. He never lost a court case. Never lost a court case. Brilliant, intellectual, legal mind. And we are going to use his help. We are going to lean very strongly upon his help as he enables us to show that the Quran teaches the deity of Jesus Christ, that Jesus Christ was Almighty God manifest in the flesh. And... This being true, to say that Jesus Christ was only a prophet would mean that the Quran is not the Word of God. For it cannot assert that Jesus is the Son of God and then deny that Jesus is the Son of God and be, be consistent. God would not contradict himself within the pages of his own Word. Now, we are going to look at this very carefully and very cautiously, and I realize, as I prepare these broadcasts, I realize the death sentence hanging over the head of one uh, Solomon Rushdie, pronounced against him by the leaders of the Muslim nation of Iran for his presuming to speak against Muhammad. I realize that there is a vast difference between religion and Christianity. Any religion, be it the Sikhs or the Hindus warring in India and Pakistan, be it the Muslims and the Roman Catholics warring in Lebanon, be it the Roman Catholics and the Protestants warring in North Ireland, being the various tribal uh, animistic religions warring in Africa, I realize that religious people will always kill those that differ with them. 
Jesus said, You're of your father the devil, and the lust of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth. But Christians don't kill. Christians do not murder those that differ with them. They don't put them to death or pass death sentences upon them. No, we pray for them and kindly and graciously and patiently try our very best to point them to the truth of of God. Now, let's begin our consideration, is the Quran the Word of God? The Islamic religion today claims a following second only to Christianity. Many followers of the Islamic faith proclaim that Islam is very much like Christianity and that there is only one basic difference, namely that the Muslims believe that Jesus was merely a prophet, while the Christians claim that he was Almighty God. Now this difference is so vital and fundamental that it provides an insurmountable barrier. For it is impossible to reconcile, number one, Christianity with its basic tenets that Jesus is God and that the Bible is the Word of God with, number two, Islam, which states Jesus is a prophet and nothing else and that the Quran is the Word of God. Now, having studied the Islamic religion, which today has a large following throughout the world, I have to admit, I have to confess to you that I have studied it as a Christian. I have received Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. I gladly confess him with my lips and believe in my heart that he was born of a virgin and that God raised him from the dead. I believe these things because they are written and preserved in the pages of the Holy Bible. Now, my Holy Bible states that those who, who so believe that Jesus Christ was the virgin-born Son of God, and yet God manifest in the flesh, and that he died upon the cross at Calvary to pay for the sins of the whole world, and was buried, and three days and three nights later he rose from the dead and is alive forevermore. The Holy Bible states that those who so believe will enjoy everlasting life. And those who do not accept Jesus Christ as the Son of God are destined for the lake of fire. Now, many of my friends are either Muslim or acquainted with Muslims. We receive letters virtually every day at the Bible Baptist Church of Deland from someone in a foreign nation that is a Muslim or a converted Muslim or was born into a Muslim family but is not practicing the Muslim religion. And so we're very much familiar with the Muslim people, the followers of the Prophet Muhammad. So, for this reason, we set out to read and study their book, the Quran, to identify wherein there are basic differences in belief. And you know, if you compare the Quran, if you read it carefully and compare it with, with the Bible, you will find that one major difference concerns Jesus Christ. Now on the shelf here in my library I have a uh, copy of the Quran and I, I'll be honest with you I have not read it in its entirety 
I realize that that, that casts some doubt and suspicion upon the remarks that I'm about to make because I, I would say the same thing to someone who was seeking to point out problems with the Bible. I would point out to them, I would say to them, well, have you read the entire Bible as a whole? Have you read the entire book in its context? And so I, I just want to be honest with you and tell you that I've not read every word, every verse, every page of the Quran that I have in my possession. So I'm not going to speak to you about the whole book, but just some of the problems, some of the differences that I have found. Now, we Christians regard Jesus Christ as the Son of God. We regard Him as being divine. He was crucified, He died, and was buried, yet He rose from the dead on the third day to dwell and live with the people for 40 days after His resurrection. He was seen by thousands on one occasion, by more than 500 at one time. After his resurrection, Jesus was seen on 17 separate occasions. And those eyewitnesses, many of them reduced their testimony to writing. We have these testimonies in the book of Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts in the Holy Bible. Now, Islam, on the other hand, proclaims that Jesus is not God. They say that Jesus is not the Son of God, that Jesus is not divine, that Jesus Christ is merely a prophet. Now, with this background, I want to speak to you, my Islamic friends, and ask you to listen to my arguments very carefully and to my contentions with an open mind. And I pray, God, that I'll be able to convince you that Jesus Christ is divine, that he is God Almighty, from your very own Quran. Now, let's start with this. Who was Muhammad? Who was Muhammad? If we commence with Muhammad, whose writings in the Quran you trust as coming from God, who was Muhammad? He was born in Mecca in 570 A.D. He had a human father. He had a human mother called Amina, A-M-I-N-A, -A, and a foster mother, Halima, H-A-L-I-M-A. -A. Muhammad never claimed to be divine. And apart from declaring there is one God, his sole claim was that he was a prophet who, according to the Quran, C-18, a prophet who came in the fullest blaze of history, with no learning, he put to shame the wisdom of the living. End of quotation from C-18. At 40 years of age, he received a call to stand forth and proclaim the bounty of God. He sought after truth. He used to retire to a cave at the side of Mount Hira, H-I-R-A-A, three miles from Mecca, for peaceful contemplation. At the age of 25, he was married to Kashi. Kaadjia, K-H-A-D-I-J-A, a noble lady of great wealth, and she assisted him in his meditations. Now, uh, please, if my pronunciation is not entirely correct, please forgive me and pardon me. I give you the spelling of the words after my feeble attempts to pronounce them so that you might um, know just exactly 
uh, what this poor American is trying to say with his limited understanding of the uh, Arabic pronunciation and dialect. Now the Quran says that revelations were given to Muhammad. In Quran C41 we read, These messages came as an inspiration to Muhammad as the need arose, and on different occasions and in many places he recited them, and they were recorded by the pen. End of quotation. Now, in this way the Quran was written. As is known, each chapter is called a surah, S, which means a step. And each verse is called an ayat, A-Y-A-T, which means a sign. Now, unless otherwise stated, the text translations and commentary that I'm referring to are those by A. Yusuf Ali, whose version is accepted in the whole Muslim world. All my quotations will be given with their references taken from uh, the Quran. Now, my friends, if anyone were to open the Quran at random, he would see many names and places referred to, which are also in the Holy Bible of the Christian people, starting, for example, with S. 2.29. And in this portion, or in this passage, we read, It is He, God, who hath created for you all things that are on earth. Or you could read in with this accent, It is He, God, who hath created for you all things that are on earth. We also find the story of Adam and Eve. In S2, 35 and 36, O Adam, dwell thou and thy wife in the garden, and eat of the bountiful things therein, as where and when ye will, but approach not this tree, or ye run into harm and transgression. Then did Satan make them slip from the garden, and get them out of the state of felicity in which they had been. End of quotation. Now indeed in the Quran we read of the story of Moses. We read of the story of Abraham and of other biblical characters. Well, you may say this is fine, but let us come down to the basic difference and show us how one arrives at the acceptance of the Christian point of view from the Quran or in what way the Quran claims the same fundamental dogmas as Christianity. You have every right to request and demand that we do that, and we have every intention of doing so. Now, let me repeat. There is one vital, basic difference. The Quran refers to Jesus Christ as a righteous prophet, an apostle to Israel. In the Quran, Muhammad declares Jesus was not God, not the Son of God, and that he was only an apostle. So in other words, the, the religion of Islam says Jesus lived. This Jesus was good. This Jesus was truthful. This Jesus was righteous. But this Jesus was not divine. However, Jesus... Christ had himself said that he was the Christ in John 4, 25 and 26. Now, if he were not the Christ, then he was a deceiver and a liar. Yet the Quran itself rightly proclaims his rectitude and virtues. Can you accept the Quran's statement that he was not divine, and at the same time call him a good man and a prophet? 
when he claimed to be divine? Now, a liar is not a good man. A liar is not a prophet of God. Muhammad could not be both a, a good man and a liar. Now, let's continue our examination of the Quran. What else did Muhammad say about Jesus? Well, in, in S5-113, S5-113, the Quran states of Jesus Christ, By my leave, thou healest those born blind, and the lepers. By my leave, and behold, thou bringest forth the dead. That's Quran S5-113. Now, in summary form, Islam proclaims Jesus was a wonderful prophet, a healer, and one who brought the dead back to life. No such acts or powers are ascribed in the Quran to the prophet Muhammad. So the Quran itself ascribes greater power to Jesus than to Muhammad. Now, that's a very interesting fact, isn't it? And yet, that still doesn't set forth any real proof that Jesus Christ was divine, that he was God. Now, the question has to arise, could any reasonable person reduce from the Quran that Jesus is divine? I claim yes, and I, I further aver to arrive at any other conclusion would be most unreasonable. Let's examine this contention in two ways. Number one, what factors should be present to convince anyone that Jesus is divine. Number two, are those factors present in the Quran? Now, if these factors are present, then surely you must accept that Jesus is divine, for the proof is taken from the Muslim's authority. Now, the first question, what factors should be present? Well, I would expect that if Jesus is the Son of God and divine, these four things will be true. There are four requirements that I would expect someone who was divine to meet. Number one, there should be an earlier prophecy or expectation of his birth, which his coming fulfills. Let me say that again. There should be an earlier prophecy or expectation of his birth, which his coming fulfills. Number two, his coming, conception, or birth ought to be supernatural, extraordinary, an incredible miracle which could only be explained if he were the Son of God, if Jesus were deity. Number three, his life should be highlighted with miracles, and his teachings should withstand the passage of time. Jesus Christ would be truly sinless if he were truly God. And number four, finally, Jesus Christ, if he were God, should conquer death. He should conquer death if he were truly God. All right, now factor number one. Earlier prophecies concerning Jesus' coming must precede his birth. The Bible is replete 
with reference to the coming of Jesus Christ. The Bible gives us the time of his birth, the place of his birth, the people who will attend his birth, the things that will be said concerning his birth, the social, political, and religious events which will result from his birth. All of these things are prophesied in the Holy Bible in minute detail. These things were all foretold hundreds of years before his coming. But we're not here today to discuss the Bible. We're seeking to determine if these things are also set forth in the Quran. And so let's look in the Muslim holy book, the Quran in S549. Muhammad is here reflecting God's dictation. And he writes, And in their footsteps we sent Jesus, the son of Mary, confirming the law that had come before him. We sent him the gospel. Therein was guidance and light, and confirmation of the law that had come before him, a guidance and an admonition to those who fear God. That's S. 549. Now what does this passage mean? It means what it says. That Jesus came to confirm the law. The pronouncements laid down before he came. The law was laid down by the prophets. That is to say the prophecies later were to be confirmed by the birth of Jesus. Now, having read what the Quran says, let's look at the counterpart in the Holy Bible. Jesus himself said in Matthew 5.17, Think not that I am come to destroy the law and the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. And in Luke 24, verse 44, Jesus again said, All things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses. In like manner, the Khan is saying that Jesus is sent to fulfill, to confirm the law, to confirm the pronouncements laid down before he came. That is, to confirm the prophecies. So this first requirement is satisfied. There should be prophecy which is coming fulfills. And the Quran is saying that the coming of Jesus was foretold, that his coming was a confirmation of the law which was written prior to his arrival. Now perhaps this is a good place to interpose the difference between the Christian Bible and the 26 other books such as the Quran, the Bhagwat Gita, and etc. The Bible is the only book that bespeaks, or bespeaks prophecy. One third of the Bible is prophecy. For prophecy to be accepted it must be made beforehand and come to pass in every minute particular. The Quran, for example, the excellent book though it is, does not contain a single prophecy. Yet here we find the Quran alluding to the fulfillment of prophecy by the coming of Jesus. We sent Jesus, the son of Mary, confirming the law that had come before him. We sent him the gospel. Therein was guidance and light and confirmation of the law that had come before him. A guidance and an admonition to those who fear God. S549. So this establishes the first of our four points to prove the deity of Jesus. There is prophecy or expectation which is coming. 
That is, the coming of Jesus Christ fulfills. The second factor we would expect if Jesus Christ were divine is that his coming should be supernatural. Yes, it should be an incredible miracle, which could only be explained if Jesus were the Son of God. This, in my view, is the crucial test of divinity. And if the Quran satisfies this requirement, then the Quran will be asserting that Jesus is the Messiah, the God-sent Savior, God himself manifest in a body of human flesh. For a child to be conceived, the laws of nature are to be observed. There must be the union of a man with a woman. In all history, throughout all ages, only one birth makes the claim of a virgin birth. And only one birth, in only one birth, has this claim been substantiated, that is, in the birth of Jesus. Now, once again, let us not look at the Bible, which is the Christian authority, the word on which the Christian leans, but let's look at these quotations taken from the Quran. The Quran first speaks of the mother of Mary. The Bible makes no reference to the mother of Mary, who became the mother of Jesus. It is the Quran, which goes back to Jesus' grandmother. And the Quran says this of the grandmother, when the little baby Mary, the mother of Jesus, was born. The grandmother of Jesus had this to say, as recorded in S. 3.36. O my Lord, behold, I am delivered of a female child, and God knew best. I have named her Mary, and I commended her, or commend her, and her offspring to thy protection from the evil one, the rejected. End of quotation. So we find in the Quran that the infant Mary, who later became Jesus' mother, is commended to the protection from the devil, the evil one, the rejected one. And then follows in the Quran a description of Mary's growth in purity and beauty. Further, God supplies her, who was to be the mother of Jesus, with sustenance. Let us read the, what the Quran says in S. 3.37. Right graciously did her Lord accept her, Mary. He made her grow in purity and beauty. To the care of Zachariah was she assigned. Every time that he entered her chamber to see her, he found her supplied with sustenance. He said, O oh Mary, whence comes this to you? She said, From God. For God provides sustenance to whom he pleases without measure. End of quotation. Now in short, the Quran is here giving details of Mary, the mother of Jesus, which is not found in the Bible. Mary is literally fed by God. The Quran next identifies the young Mary in, in this manner. And all these quotations are taken directly from the Quran. Now as I, as I said to you on the last broadcast, if you weren't with us... Uh, the Quran that, that I have in, in my possession is the uh, translation of Yusuf Ali. And the reason we're using this one is because it's recognized by Muslims around the world as being a, a good and proper translation. Now, the, what the Quran says about Mary, how Mary conceived the baby Jesus, we are going to read you from S3, 42, 43, 45 and 47. Behold, the angel said, O Mary, God hath chosen thee and purified thee, chosen thee above the women of all nations, 
Mary then is chosen and purified. The Quran continues, O Mary, worship thy Lord devoutly, prostrate thyself, and bow down in prayer with those who bow down. And now comes this vital and far-reaching declaration in the Quran. Behold, the angel said, O Mary, God giveth thee glad tidings of a word from him. His name will be Christ Jesus, the son of Mary, held in honor in this world and the hereafter, and the company of those nearest to God. He shall speak to the people in childhood and in maturity. He shall be of the company of the righteous. Mary's reply again from the Quran is, O my Lord, how shall I have a son when no man has touched me? The angel replied, Even so, God createth what he willeth. When he hath decreed plan, he but said to it, Be, and so it is. Now, followers of Islam can never explain away these clear, unequivocal statements written by their prophet Muhammad, who declared that Jesus was born without a human father. This alone proves the deity of Jesus Christ. This alone proves that he is the Son of God, not the Son of a Lamb. Further, the angel said in S345 that his name will be Christ Jesus. Now, Christ means the anointed one. Muhammad was not referred to as Christ. He was born normally. He had a mother and a father. Jesus was born without a father. Yet the Quran would have us believe that Muhammad, a man, was greater than Jesus, who is God, come down to this world as a redeemer for all mankind. Now what the Quran has said beyond question is that Mary was a virgin, the angels brought the glad tidings of the coming birth of Jesus to Mary, Mary asked how could this be when no man had touched her. The answer was, God createth what he willeth. Mary conceives, Jesus is born. Now all this is according to the writing in the book called the Quran. The angels said to Mary, his name will be Christ Jesus, and Jesus was born of the will of God. He had no human father. Is he not then the Son of God? Put another way, based on the Quran, who would you say is his father? Surely the answer is God. My Muslim friends, is this not clear and incapable of any other meaning? I repeat, it is interesting to note that there is no prophecy about the birth of Muhammad, nor Moses, nor any of the prophets, and no one however holy and chaste, could claim that he or she was born without a father. Yet what Muhammad wrote in the Quran had been foretold 740 years earlier by the prophet Isaiah. In Isaiah 7.14, when he wrote, A virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. That is, God with us. Indeed, in the Quran, Al-Imram 5.45, or verse 45, Jesus is referred to as, quote, the greatest above all in this world and in the world to come. Now, who can deny the miraculous birth of Jesus? Who can deny that it was supernatural? Yes, you, the followers of Islam, must readily agree with good reason that Jesus had no human father, for this is what your Quran says. Why then do you doubt that Jesus was the Son of God? 
if God willeth that Jesus should be so born, who are we, you and I, to doubt that Jesus is divine? My friends, on the basis of your own authority, the Quran, you must accept Jesus as the Son of God. Now permit me for emphasis again to state that special attention must be paid to the words used by the angels to Mary. And recorded in the Quran, his name will be Christ Jesus. Now this word Christ means the anointed one. The translation of the Hebrew word Messiah. Now Messiah in Jewish theology refers to the divinely appointed deliverer. The angels, by transmitting this message from God to Mary, were placing their seal of approval on the divinity of Jesus. Again, I pause to remind you that this quoted passage is taken directly from the Quran. If you accept the Quran, this you must accept, that the angels from God said his name will be Jesus. You must therefore accept that Jesus is God, or deny your all this fits in beautifully with the Bible, for according to the Gospels, the Messiahship of Jesus was expressly proclaimed by angels at his birth, Luke 2.11, and by Peter at Caesarea Philippi, and also explicitly confessed that Jesus was the Christ. Mark 8.29, Matthew 16.16. 16. Now, the point I make, my brothers, is that one cannot approbate and reprobate. You cannot admit a fact with one breath and at the same time deny that fact. And your authority, the Quran, says God, through his angels, called the baby Jesus. Messiah. The Christ. How then can you still maintain the stand that Jesus is not divine? The second requirement, his supernatural conception and birth, is satisfied. Now, the third factor the third requirement, that his life should be fraught with miracles and his teachings should withstand the passage of time, and also that he should be without sin. In, it is nearly 2,000 years since Jesus died. When he died, his disciples were in disarray. They had fled. He was betrayed, denied, and deserted. Yet his teachings are stronger today than at any time. Yes, 2,000 years have gone by. And in addition to the millions and millions of Bibles which have been circulated in all languages, millions of books have been written seeking to explain and bring his teaching to all mankind. For 2,000 years his teachings have been the light of the world, and his word continues to endure forever. Although Jesus never had an army, today there are 2,000 million Christians marching, marching under his banner of love. And truly his teachings have withstood the passage of time. Like them or despise them, they are still effectual today. The Bible records his many miracles. But since in, in this broadcast, considering the Quran, not the Bible, let us look at the Quran S 3, 48 and 49, and see what it says about his miracles. God will teach him the book of wisdom the law of the gospel, and appoint him an apostle to the children of Israel with this message. I have come to you with a sign from your Lord, in that I make for you out of clay, as it were, the figure of a bird, and breathe into it, and it becomes a bird by God's leave. And I heal those born blind, and the lepers, and I quicken the dead, 
by God's leave. End of quotation from S. 3, 48 and 49. Now Yusuf Ali, in his editorial commentary in the Quran, writes that those miracles of curing the blind and the lepers and raising the dead are in the canonical Gospels. He also states that giving the clay bird life is only found in some of the apocryphal Gospels. The Quran gives a wide spectrum of Jesus the healer, and there is given to Jesus the power to quicken or revive the dead, a power that Muhammad never claimed, much less exhibited. Would you agree that only if he were God would Jesus be without sin? You would have to agree to that. And Islam shares the belief that Jesus was sinless. It speaks of the sin of Adam, Noah, Abraham, Moses, and even Muhammad, but nowhere attributes any sin to Jesus. The conclusion is expressed in one of the traditions, quote, Every child born of Adam is touched by Satan the day his mother is delivered of him, with the exception of Mary and her son. You know, it's interesting to note that the Quran has no message for sinners who will receive nothing from God except judgment, and who have no merit to advance, nor rewards to weigh against their failures. Its symbol is not the cross, which speaks of grace, God's free and unmerited favor to sinners. Only the gospel of Jesus proclaims salvation through the merit of another, who paid the price of sin in a unique historical act of self-sacrifice. The Quran as if to single out Jesus and place him in a different capacity, gives the following titles to Jesus, which titles are not ascribed to Muhammad. The Messiah, the Word of God, the Sure Say. All bespeak the deity of Jesus. So the third factor necessary to show that Jesus is God is established from the Quran. That is, miracles followed Jesus, and he was without sin. And finally, we come to the aspect that Jesus, if divine, should be able himself to conquer death. The Bible provides ample evidence of those who saw him after his resurrection. Peter and more than 500 at one time. But we are confining our attention to the Quran. Now, the contention that is being considered is this. The Muslims claim that Jesus is not the Son of God and was not divine. Yet, how does this conclusion square with the irrefutable pronouncements which we have studied so far in the Quran itself of the law which was fulfilled by the coming of Jesus, plus his miraculous conception and divine birth, in which the Quran asserts that Jesus had no father but God? Plus, we have three years of teaching by Jesus, which from a tiny area of the earth now covers the entire world. Plus, the miracles Jesus performed during these three years on earth, all showing beyond doubt that truly no one was like him, for he was and is the Son of God, and as the Quran puts it, was the only one without sin. Now we come to the fourth factor. What does the Quran say about Jesus' death and resurrection? Well, look at S4-157. S4-157. Now, this is the passage often referred to in support of the contention that Christ was not crucified. But is that what it really says? Absolutely not. As for 157 and 158 say, quote, We killed Jesus Christ, the Son of Mary, the Apostle of God. But they killed him not, nor crucified him, 
but so it was made to appear to them. All those who differ therein are full of doubts, with no certain knowledge, but only conjecture to follow, for a surety they killed him not. Nay, God raised him up unto himself, and God is exalted in power wise. Now let's examine this passage sentence by sentence. They, the Jews, said, We killed Jesus. But they killed him not, nor crucified him, but so it was made to appear to them. In other words, they thought they had killed or crucified Jesus. And those who differ therein are full of doubts. That is, those who did not share this view of killing him are themselves full of doubts, with only conjecture to follow. Then comes the statement, For a surety they killed him not. Of course they did not kill Jesus finally and for all time. In one sense, yes, they killed him physically. But that was not to the, the be-all and end-all for here in the Quran comes the punchline, the line which one can with good reason advance in support of the resurrection, and not against the resurrection as has been urged. Nay, God raised him up unto himself. Now what else could this mean? But that man could not destroy Jesus, for God resurrected Jesus. Is this not the straightforward interpretation? In the Bible, in Luke 24, 46, Jesus said it was necessary for Christ to suffer and arise from the dead the third day. In Acts 2, 32, Peter, speaking about Jesus, said, This Jesus hath God raised up, whereof we all are witnesses. Of a truth, God raised him up unto himself, as the Quran states. Now, what is the importance and enlightenment, however? It's the continuation of S4-158, and that is S4-159 in the Quran where we read, And there is none of the people of the book, but must believe in him before his death. And on the day of judgment he will be a witness against them. Now surely this implies in the context of the general scheme of the preceding surahs, the meaning that, number one, Jesus was put to physical death. Number two, God raised him up. Number three, on judgment day he will be a witness against them. Now a witness, knowing those who crucified him, and will bear witness against them on the judgment day, that's what the Quran is speaking about. The Quran is saying God raised him up unto himself, implying that Jesus is now in heaven, and that he is worthy of regard in this world and the world to come. The Quran is asserting that Jesus is ascended to heaven, Yet Muhammad, who is revered by the Muslims, has yet to be raised up to be with God in heaven. Now the conclusions I have asked you to draw are all from your own Quran. I do so without relying on the Bible. There are scores of passages in the Bible which point to the deity of Jesus Christ. I have omitted these. Indeed, so often Jesus himself declared, I am the Christ. Since he could not be a good, a righteous man, and a liar at the same time, his own assertion and testimony must bear considerable weight. Now we've examined the one side of the Quran that squares with the Bible. We could take some time to consider those places where the Quran contradicts itself. And perhaps we shall on yet another broadcast. But in the meantime, there are four requirements. If Jesus Christ really and truly 
was and is Almighty God. There are four factors which would be present. There should be an earlier prophecy or expectation of his birth which his coming fulfills. This is stated to be the truth according to the Quran itself in S549. Secondly, his coming, conception or birth, ought to be supernatural, extraordinary, an incredible miracle which could only be explained if he were the Son of God, not the Son of Man, if Jesus Christ were deity. And this is stated conclusively in S3, 42 through 47. Thirdly, his life should be highlighted with miracles, and his teachings should withstand the passage of time. Jesus would be truly sinless. And my friend, this is borne out throughout, throughout the length and breadth of the Quran, including S3, 48, and 49. And then finally, Jesus should conquer death. He should no longer be dead, holden by death in the grave, but he should be alive, raised up unto God. And this is stated absolutely in S4, 157 and 158. Now, you know, there are those that would still like to argue and contend that the statement in the context attributing to the Jews the words we killed Jesus Christ, but they killed him not, nor crucified him, being the commentary thereon in the Quran. There are still those that would contend that this, this proves that Jesus did not die. No, my friends, it proves that no man killed him. It proves that Jesus was not put to death either by Jews, nor by Roman soldiers. For the Lord Jesus Christ said, No man taketh my life from me, but I lay it down. Jesus was not killed. He was not murdered. He was not put to death by men in the true technical sense of the word. No, the Bible says that Jesus, while hanging upon the cross, cried with a loud voice, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. And having said thus, he gave up the ghost. Jesus was not martyred. He was not murdered. He laid down his life, a voluntary sacrifice for the sins of the whole world. That whosoever would acknowledge their sin, repent of their sin, and put their faith in trust, the sacrificial death of God manifest in the flesh, the Lord Jesus Christ, and call upon Him from a sincere and believing heart that God would give unto them the free gift of everlasting life. My friends, I have had no evil or unkind word to say about Muhammad, but I must say this. He did not die to pay for sin. He has not risen from the dead. 
Therefore, he cannot save you. Nor can you save yourself, no matter how true and faithful you may be to the path of Islam. You can never cleanse yourself of sin. The Bible says the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses us from all sin. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. We hope this message has been a benefit to you. If you would like to donate to the Underground Christian Network, or if you don't have a home church, you can send a donation of any amount to the Underground Christian Network. Just go to theundergroundchristiannetwork.com and click the donation link at the top of the page. That's the underground Christian Network dot com.